3: From Studio C. C, senior. You know, it's Thursday. Dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, on Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. You know, I'm uninspired.
4: I have an idea. It's okay. It's not great. Any thoughts?
3: Um... The new Gallup Poll... Is it Gallup? The new poll on LGBTQ plus Americans. LGBT, LGT, LQB, LGDP, LGT,
2: LGBTQ2 plus. <laughs> yes. Times
3: 11. Uh, have you heard the new poll? I have not, sir. Well, it's pretty interesting. Well, that's what we're going for. We'll be talking about that a couple of times today at least. So here was my idea for what it's
4: worth. Probably we won't be the general manager. Maybe we'll make it, uh, I don't know, uh, Officer of Equity and Inclusion. <laughs> the concept of a shibboleth. A shibboleth. Sure. A custom principle. Uh, uh, see if anything springs to mind, friends. A custom principle or belief distinguishing a particular class or group of people, especially a long-standing one regarded as outmoded or no longer important. Something people do just to distinguish themselves as a group, even though it doesn't do any good. See if you can think of anything. I assume you're referring to masks? Especially on children. Yeah. Utterly idiotic. Yeah. Needless. Full of negatives.
3: Purely a shibboleth. So... Here's your uh, poll that we'll be talking about later. So when uh, I've had in my mind for many, many years, based on this poll, actually, um, that they did uh, quite a few years back, what percentage of people are uh, gay? About 3%, about 3% of the population. That has been the standard working number for quite some time now. Yeah, I've heard people try to stretch it. Uh, I'm not quite sure what to think, but yeah, that's the standard number. Well, the number of U.S. adults who identify as LGBTQ, now they've had they've added a lot of letters to that, so that would increase the percentage, has rocketed to a record 7.1%. It's over doubled since they started like really looking into this, not that many years ago. 2012 was the first year that Gallup measured identity, and that's when we all thought, oh, okay, so about... About 3% of people are gay. Okay. That's mm-hmm. interesting. It's yeah. interesting given the fact that, you know, every TV show, a third of the characters are gay, but whatever. And about 25% of the couples on uh, commercials, for instance.
4: But that's fine. You know, I don't yeah. have any animosity. No, I don't like that. that. I actually look at the transgender
3: thing somewhat differently. Okay, here's, let here's, you go on. here's the most interesting number, though. Of Generation Z, that's people born between 97 and 2003, Generation Z. I'll take your word. Older than my kids, younger than yours. 21% of Generation Z identifies as LGBTQ in the Gallup poll. Ah, that's impossible. 21%. That's some sort of
4: weird virtue signal. By the way, my daughter is uh, Generation Z, I guess. Did you say between 97 and 2003? Yeah, Yeah, I did. Yeah, because she's a 99er. The last generation born in the last century, the hazy past, (laughs) the 20th century. Who can even remember
3: it? (laughs) riding horses to work exactly um yeah okay so there you go but 21 percent of her generation identify as lgbtq that's quite a bit more than the three percent that i had been working with and is a number in my head for whatever you know as a as as a as a political block as a as a whatever but 21 percent i will tell you this one out out of five among the hip young, it
4: would it is not at all a stretch to suggest that a lot of them said, I identify as that, just to, to say, up with the cause.
3: Well, especially the Q, right? Yeah, whatever that means. All purpose. Or, Q for queer. Or there are a number of people checking that box that are kind of in the, I don't believe in the whole gender thing. I don't even think that's a question makes sense. Would that be... You'd check that box, wouldn't you? That's entirely possible, yeah. If you know anything about this, you can text us, four one five two nine five 295 kftc Especially if you just know enough to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> I'd be the best. Eh,
4: yeah, that's absolutely true. There's a, a substantial portion, a proportion of the, uh, the young generation that's become convinced of the whole ridiculous critical theory idea that there is no male and female. That's an artificial construct
3: that needs to be broken down. Well, if I was young and I heard grown-ups saying only cruel, mean-spirited, bigoted, old-timers believe in gender, I'd think, oh, okay. Because you're young and you believe old people or, or believe grown-ups. So. Hmm. That's the way that would work. Um, We should start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. And he's Joe Getty on this. It's Thursday. It's February 17th, the year 2022. New you in 22? How's that oh. working out? Durr. We are Armstrong <laughs> and we approve of this program. <laughs> okay, let's begin officially now. According to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. It was, today was the victory parade for the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Honestly, I think there were more football fans on the street cheering for O.J. during the chase than they were at the parade. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel said something so incredibly out of bounds about one topic we'll have to talk about later. Yeah, he's way out there. Um, yeah, so I saw some of the Super Bowl parade. The, uh, there were I know we, we talked about it. It was uh, starting at the beginning, uh, at the end of our show yesterday. And the, at that time, there were more LAPD on the street than there were people who wanted to do the parade. So I guess they kept things uh, from getting out completely out of hand. I guess. Yeah, no buses turned upside down and set on fire or anything like that? Was that you who sent along uh, that
4: description from the LA Times to the crew? About the uh, the Super Bowl parade? No, it wasn't me. That wasn't you? That uh, was highly amusing. Let me see if I can find it. Give me just
3: a second. Executive producer Hansen gets credit for that. Uh, and well Behind done. the scenes.
4: Uh-huh. Uh, okay. I can't find it. Never mind. Oh, well, geez. Well, that was a showstopper.
3: Well, I, I can't. What uh, what string did he send it on? I can't remember. You trying to keep it a secret, Hanson? So, um, uh, I did see one kind of joke about how many uh, L.A. Rams football fans were going to have to fly in t- from another city <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> To 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 go to the parade. And, you know, it's just it is what it is. For whatever reason, the culture of Los Angeles, for the most part, is just not that big on sports. And uh, people often say, well, there's just so much to do in Los Angeles. And but that doesn't really make sense because there's a lot to do in New York. In fact, there's more to do in New York than practically any city in America. And they're rabid sports fans. So it's yeah, it's just a lifestyle. It's a
4: cultural thing. Sure, sure enough. Uh, Here it is, and it's actually from the USA Today covering the L.A. Parade. Fans screamed and blew bullhorns. The strong scent of marijuana and hot dogs filled the air. Vendors offered Rams gear and food, some even selling Modelo beers and $5 shots of Patron. Ooh,
3: a $5 shot of Patron, along with my marijuana and hot dog. That sounds like a square deal in a big afternoon. (laughs) I love America. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. That's fantastic. Uh, so the administration came out strong yesterday saying, no, 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 no. Russia's not only not pulling out, they're adding stuff in. And uh, news media flipped on that. So now Russia is adding more troops. And they're, they're, some outlets are now calling it 150,000 Russian troops with much more armament at the border. And uh, so we'll have to check in on that story. But. I do have the Biden's not making this up by any means. I'm not trying to claim it's some sort of Monica missiles or he's just trying to distract from the low poles or any of that stuff. I do think there's some overcompensating for the disaster in Afghanistan going, though, where they just want to be so far to the horrifying end of how bad this could be that they don't get blamed for being caught unaware. Ah, yeah. Again. Yeah, right.
4: Well, I will tell you this, and this is not hyperbole. Wait a minute. Now that I think about it, it's absolutely hyperbole. (laughs) But you you get the point. Why you should fill your swimming pool with gasoline and spend whatever it takes to get those giant Tesla batteries that store a week's worth of power.
3: Fill your swimming pool with gasoline and get a giant Tesla Tesla battery. Absolutely.
4: Among others, stockpile food, clothing, uh, teach your
3: children how to hunt wild beasts and skin them. So Joe had an interesting theme yesterday, the growing use of emergency powers by either your county health person or the prime minister of a country around the world. And um, we'll look into what did the emergency powers say in Canada that Justin Trudeau has gone ahead and uh, pulled that lever and see if you think it meets the moment. It doesn't, by the way. And if... If, if if that's what leaders around the world are going to start calling an emergency the world is about to change oh boy and i think i think you might be right about that i think people people getting really used to the whole this is an emergency so we need to blank also i'd like to squeeze in
4: this hour if we can so many times you hear from the progressive left when you're talking about uh, junkies and bums and, and so-called homeless people that we need to we need to adopt a more European model for drug abuse and help people stay healthy and give them needles and a place to take the drugs and super blah, blah, blah. And then the Euros come over here and see the way we do it when we're claiming to imitate the European
3: nut model and say, uh, you're getting this completely wrong. Yeah, I don't think most people know that. I didn't know that. I wish we did adopt the European model on masks for kids, but that's another story we've got to talk about. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's very strong. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's very good. And if you know anything about 21% of Generation Z identifies as um, if you know anything about that, text line 415-295-KFTC. Stay with us.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The
3: Armstrong and Getty Show. Article in the Wall Street Journal today about how much trouble our intelligence agencies are having trying to crack the code in Russia. It's so authoritarian and Putin has the country so locked down that we're having a difficult time getting in there and getting spies in there and getting any info. I I don't know how they would know that, the Wall Street Journal. It seems like the sort of thing that if we were in, we wouldn't tell anybody, so... Well, just goes to show we're the opposite. Everybody
4: knows what our intelligence services are doing, apparently, and they write about it in the paper.
3: But the report out of the White House today is that the Russians added seven thousand troops in the last twenty-four hours—the exact opposite of their claim of their de-escalating. I so, can't believe he would lie to us? Well, that's a pretty big, pretty bad faith move, though. That's a pretty bad faith move. By Putin? By Putin, yeah. Vladimir Putin? He's now erased any credibility he has with anybody on any claim, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. To the extent that he had any. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Which brings us back to the always curious,
4: there's probably a book about it somewhere, but the always curious and weird to normal people uh, dance that diplomats do. You know, making claims that nobody buys, but they keep making them because they give them plausible deniability or something. Uh, But it's just weird. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Sent along by alert listener. Uh, This is the one I have to scroll over because the email looks so enormous on my screen. Ah, Joseph. That's right. Uh, Thomas Jefferson. Perhaps you've heard of him Uh, with the freedom-loving quote of the day. Now I have to scroll back over because the email is enormous. Uh, if we are to guard against ignorance and remain free, it is the responsibility of every American to be informed. All right. So stay tuned. Hmm. Mailbag. It's your responsibility. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Says TJ. That's who. Here's a nice note from frequent correspondent Amani. I hear Jack talking about gaining weight, but I believe I heard him say he buys jeans with a 33 waist. That's pretty good by the fat American standards of today. In fact, for a dude of his age, that's solid. Now, if he is rocking a big gut hanging over the edge of those 33s, there might be a need for an adjustment to my assessment of the situation. I, mean,
3: I wear them low. They're like just barely high enough to cover my genitals, and then the, the Dunlap is over the top. You've seen oh. the look. Oh. Oh, but with my oh, shirt boy. tucked in where you got the really tight pressing <laughs> against your shirt hanging over, that's wow. the look I'm going with. Painting a
4: beautiful metal picture here. Uh, let's see. D writes, Children are keenly aware of the double standards their parents have for them. The biggest double standard is who makes all the rules and who doesn't have to follow them, and the children see it. Then they say uh, many children of liberals, liberals, can't wait to grow up and get into public office where they can make all the rules for everyone but themselves. We see it all the time. Well, I'm, I'm not sure there's any need to go a, a partisan on it there, D. Um, uh, I think the children are witnessing the stupidity, inconsistency, hypocrisy of especially the COVID rules, the mask rules that are being put in place. And I believe you will see a cultural shift that will be every bit the equal of those of us who grew up in the wake of, in the shadow of, Vietnam and Watergate.
3: Oh, I, I agree also. I agree also. My, my kids have had such a change in the way that they view authority because of this. And I remember it starting. I remember the beginning of it was when the big shutdown happened at the beginning. I mean, when there was nobody on the streets and everything was closed. But there were homeless people everywhere. And my kids were saying, how come they're out? How come we can't? That was That was the first... One of the, but this doesn't make sense. Mm. How come they get to be out and around with no masks on, but we have to? Well, they get different rules because they're homeless, I guess. I don't know because they're bums and junkies. I didn't have a good reason, but yeah, yeah. Well, more on that topic
4: to come. And trust me, you know, we always say it's going to be good. You're going to want to hear this. All right, Uh, guys. On the topic of Jack's ambulance ride, I had a stroke three years ago. Live out the sticks. Uh my wife called uh the the, the hospital then 911 not knowing what was wrong with me. Paramedics showed up determined I was having a stroke. Head of the team decided due to the elapsed time that I needed to be medevac by helicopter to local hospital trauma center. Uh they used the ambulance to meet the helicopter at the nearest fire station. Turns out it it's it was a wonderful move. It it saved him from the ravages of a stroke because uh, time lost means brain lost as they say. Uh anyway, we got the bills about six weeks later, $3,200 for the ambulance. But wait, there's more, $52,000 for the helicopter ride. All I can say is thank God my plan paid for the majority
3: of those bills. Oh, your plan did his Plan did, did pay for it. It well, did, it, yeah. What gets charged is, you know, that's just the randomness of our health care system. But thank God the insurance covered it.
4: Yeah, a lot of great email. You can email us, mailbag at
3: com. Maybe we'll feature some more later on. Uh, Yeah, our text line is uh, 415-295-KFTC, but if you miss an hour of the show, you can grab it on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. A lot of good stuff on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com.
1: High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void work prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at High HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
2: But what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed or your money back, with plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 40%. Terms apply. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Valieva competed last night and currently is in first place. But if she finishes in the top three for that event, no medal ceremonies will be held during the games. They'll just ship the medals
1: out to whoever won them later because every athlete trains their entire life for that magic moment when they can stand at attention on their stoop waiting for the UPS guy.
3: (laughs) Maybe ask the driver to honk the national anthem. I don't... I hadn't heard that. The Olympics are f- officially a joke now. Officially a joke. hmm Some American girl or girl from anywhere else works her whole life, wins a gold medal, silver medal, whatever. Greatest moment of her life. Nah. Because the Russian cheated and we kind of don't want to embarrass them or something, we're going to mail the medals? I don't even understand the reasoning behind it, but. Yeah, I'm confused by that. What if, because uh, I just caught a headline, spoiler
4: alert, the Russian girl fell and finished fourth in something. Fell on her borscht.
3: And uh, so so. what does that mean? Still no medal ceremony? What a joke. Um. So here's some news. Uh, unfortunately, this kind of story happens all the time. Uh, videos going around of a couple of women that were attacked in L.A. by a homeless dude on the street. I think one of the reasons it's getting attention is um. it's Perfectly nice neighborhood. I don't remember exactly where it was, but perfectly nice, normal-looking neighborhood like you live in. And a homeless guy attacks a couple of women. And the reaction is what's getting a lot of attention with officials saying people should start walking in pairs. So that's the reaction of officials. Not get the freaking crazy drug addicts off the street, but you need to adjust your behavior. You need to change your life. To adapt to their new town, because they run the town now. The junkies run the town. This is the new
4: reality. Just get used to it and deal with it by uh, becoming incredibly
3: cautious and afraid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, of course, if you're a business owner, it's uh, it's a message that a lot of customers won't come to where you are if there are many crazy junkies around, because it's uh, scary. I know there are businesses I don't go to because I would have to walk by too many crazy junkies. Right. Right. There is a county near the radio ranch uh, where my kids
4: all grew up, as a matter of fact, um, where there are so many junkies now. And and I will not use the term homeless routinely. It's a it's a propaganda term, as we've been discussing um, so many junkies around the government offices. They have begun camping on like the county grounds that uh, especially the gals who work for the county are afraid to go to work. But, of course, nothing can be done though, because you know, they can't enforce any anti-camping. Walk ordinances. in pairs. Walk in pairs to stay exactly. safe. That's right. Carry guns, ladies. Uh, so on a similar topic, we mentioned this yesterday, but it's so good. want to make sure everybody heard it. Senior government official within the San Francisco power structure has come forward and is a bit of a whistleblower talking to Michael Schellenberger um, about the sanctioned drug use sites. He's warning that it could worsen the existing open drug scene around it. As drug consumption sites go in, he says, activists and advocates fight to beat back law enforcement in the neighborhood. So the addicts learn it's okay. You don't need to go into the site. Just be somewhere around it because the police aren't allowed to be around. The person who studied supervised drug sites around the world requested anonymity is senior authority. Um, but he felt morally obligated. He's talking about the drug supervision site that's been discussed as part of the Homeless Linkage, Linkage Center.
3: And remember, I talked about the uh, first time I ever saw one of these was in Vancouver. I, I talked about this 20 years ago when I witnessed it. I'd heard they had an area in Vancouver where they allowed open drug use, and I thought, I want to go see what that looks like. And it was so crazy. It was like crossing a border from one of the most beautiful, gleaming, shiny, cool cities in the world, Vancouver, just like crossing the line into... It was weird. It was like Hades right here. Just like you. one block to the next. And it was just out of control. Wow. And that solidified in my mind the idea of these open areas of drug use seem like a crazy idea. So this official has all of the enlightened modern views of
4: drug addiction. Use it as a medical problem, supports palliative care for older drug users, accept roles for supervised drug centers in the right circumstances. He says, I don't disagree with the European model and don't dismiss that the overdose prevention sites may have utility for a particular population. Um blah blah blah. But the official said San Francisco is not doing anything close to what Europe did. These guys point to Europe as these fabulous utopias of using drugs safely, but when European officials visit, they are horrified by what they see. They say to us, Guys, we require that addicts maintain their obligations as citizens. Wait a minute. Let's let's all pause and take a serious look at that phrase. You've got to maintain your obligation as a citizen. You must follow the law. You cannot openly do drugs in parks. You cannot camp in parks. You cannot commit crime after crime after crime and be excused because you're quote-unquote homeless. Say these euros, you you guys let them off the hook. You don't require them to take responsibility for their health and their obligations as a member of a community. That's where you're going wrong. In Europe, police and medical professionals put pressure on law-breaking addicts to quit. Quote, if you look around the world in boutique European and Scandinavian towns, the way they do the supervised sites is intensely medicalized. It's not just a little hole in the wall where addicts can come and inject freely as they please. It's a very medicalized system. You can't let consumption site operators make the police go away and let it become a freewheeling injection site, which is what is being done in the progressive cities. The official said the heavy focus on overdoses distracted attention from the negative impacts of the supervised drug sites on communities. The activists like to keep the argument narrowly focused on the addict and overdose deaths, said the person. They don't want to look at the impact of the supervised drug sites on crime rates or their devastation on communities and small businesses. It's folly to think you can attract all those drug users without attracting all the problems of concentrating addicts. You will see drug traffickers moving into the control area.
3: Absolutely true, sober, if you'll pardon the expression, and and, and great perspective. The part in there about encouraging them to quit the drugs, I think, is interesting, too, because there seems to be a fairly large lack of that in a lot of our uh, programs. Well, and and is it in any way even
4: slightly unreasonable to say, okay, you have a drug addiction, we understand that, it's a medical problem, you know, psychological problem, however you want to look at it, we're going to help you with it, and we're going to help you not overdose. In return, whether you like it or not, you're going to follow the law. You're going to carry out your responsibility as a citizen of this city, this county, this state, this country. That is perfectly reasonable. And yet we don't require it in this utopian unicorn riding dreamland the progressives are trying to create. I don't get it. It's just
3: crazy. Well, start walking in pairs. Right. That's the answer. Right. Carry bear spray. And get used to buying a new bike every couple of years because yours is going to get stolen. Boy, if you can get a couple of years out of it, you're ahead of the game. Well done.
1: We cannot uh, prosecute our way out of the desperation that we have.
3: That's a good point. All right. Boy, I didn't didn't see this story. Some photographer for the NFL at the Super Bowl fell and fractured her spine during the Super Bowl. Yikes.
4: Somebody crashed
3: into her? You see that fairly often on the sidelines. That reminds me. So my... Uh, oldest son, who's going to turn 12 here in a couple weeks, he had a uh, pretty rough wreck on his scooter uh, last night. Luckily, I happened to be there when it happened. I didn't see it but I was nearby, because I don't know what he would have done if I hadn't been there. He's in the parking lot over at the school, and uh, (sighs) so I remember I I was with a guy many, many years ago, before I had children. Uh, Gladys. Gladys watches the Olympics live. It really pisses her off when she hears about the results, and then she watches in prime time. So she watches live on the cable news, and then she's not paying attention. Hates the spoilers. But you got to play the harp. That's what you're paid for. <laughs> she's nodding. Okay, all right. Um. So many years ago, I was, uh, I was at a guy's house, and he had four kids. This is before I had kids, and so I had no... If you've never had kids, you have no freaking idea what you're doing. But... um. <laughs> He, one of his kids uh, fell off the swing or something like that. His little girl, and uh, she fell off the swing. And I, my re- I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, I, my reaction is, "Oh my god, somebody's hurt." And he just stood there. I mean, he had, he had, he didn't, he didn't bat an eye. I mean, he didn't. There was no movement in his facial expression or body whatsoever when his kid tumbled off the swing and landed on the ground and started screaming. And I thought, what sort of cold, callous robot are you? But uh, (laughs) he said, ah, you get used to it. And it is funny, because that's the way I was when Sam wrecked. I mean, there's just a a moment of, okay, how bad is this going to be? He's screaming, yelling, how bad is this? As I walk over there, because you've done it a thousand times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And most of the time, everything, like all of the time, everything is fine very quickly. And uh, you only add to the stress if you go into full flapping your arms mode.
4: Well, that that's old school parenting as opposed to catastrophizing everything,
3: including the smallest offense. But anyway, so I walked over there. So what did you hurt? Um, and it quickly became clear that it was uh, on the worst end of his wrecks. He says it's the worst wreck he's ever had, worst pain he's ever had. Anyway, he landed on his scooter and hurt his back. And he was convinced his back was broken and his ankle was broken. He's wow. screaming, just screaming the poor kid. Wow, ah oh, man, but uh, finally got it over him had to go get the truck come by, pick him up, help him get in the in the vehicle, put ice on him, all that sort of stuff. But at the, the kids, I don't know if all kids do this, but my kids anyway, scream a lot when they get hurt. Well, one of them does, one of them doesn't. so I guess it's a personality thing., well, yeah, you gotta let it out. Let it
4: out. I got a question for you though. If I had a dollar for every time you've said, I've never been this full. I've never been this tired. This is the most blank I've ever been. I could buy a Ferrari. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if that's genetic.
3: Yeah, could be. (laughs) I think this probably is the worst injury he's ever had. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, and I think it probably is. Um, uh, What was I going to say? Dang it. Oh, but the one thing about when you you can hurt yourself, that's one of the scary things about hurting yourself is you can hurt yourself. It can be really, really painful, like stubbing your toe or something. I mean, Mm -hmm. it seems like something terrible has happened. And minutes later, it's half as much. And then, like, five minutes later, it's completely gone. And that's the crazy thing about pain. It's hard to tell when something actually bad has happened or not. Yeah, The completely unfunny funny bone, another example. Yeah, but how many times have you, you know, hurt something and thought, oh, my God, is it broken or whatever? And then five minutes later, it's it's completely over yeah i was on crutches for a month for something i
4: didn't even realize had happened oh really just for yeah. instance so it yeah. can go the other direction
3: yeah boy kids kids do they get hurt so often of course they do things that we don't do i'm not scootering through the parking lot trying to do uh 360s in the air which is what he is doing and he came good down for on him though good for you he's exploring boundaries he's taking chances yeah, you can when you're that age, because you know your your body's resilient, your mind's resilient. I would have just laid there for the rest of my life. Well, it's over. It's over. This is the end. And uh, <laughs> I will never move again. <laughs> Everybody just drive around me in the morning, because I'm not going anywhere. Start reciting your last will and testament to whoever happens to be around, the onlookers. 50 Cent's really upset about people calling him fat at the Super Bowl. Um, among there headlines you know. we need to get to. Russians are moving in more troops. That's uh, pretty much solidified now, and other things on the way.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to-
0: at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, hey, I'm covered,
4: no worries. Not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by
3: insurance. And that can be a lot of money for your family, but how do you know you're not being overbilled? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors.
4: So unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate?
3: HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claim
4: comes in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling wrong codes and fraud.
3: HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe.
4: You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills.
3: To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million.
4: Bottom line, insurance isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com do it before you see another healthcare provider. HealthLock.com. HealthLock.com.
2: The Armstrong and Getty
1: Show.
3: Yeah, apparently 50 Cent's been getting a lot of hate on the Internet. People claiming he looked fat. The Super Bowl halftime show, so. Uh, sorry to hear that. So he's clearly up to 75 cents. I mean. <laughs> At least. Yeah. He was always Mr. Six-Pack Ab Guy,
4: shirtless. I didn't even know if he owned a shirt during his heyday.
3: hmm Well, happens to all of us, doesn't it? Oh, Lord, Yeah. Do you approve, disapprove of Joe Biden's uh, job? The job he's doing, Quinnipiac poll that just came out. Overall, it's 35-55. 35% approval in the Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Hmm. Hmm. LGBTQ. LGBTQ. <laughs> um, that's pretty. I low. get your word straight, Jack. That is lower than other polls, so it might be an outlier, but they've all been going that direction. That's a low number, though. That is a low number. Among independents, 32.
4: Oh, wow. Well, yeah, that would make sense, because that overall number is being propped up by an artificial, uh, you know, chunk of Democrats. Democrats, 74. um, 74. God, the polls are so silly. They are. (laughs) Well, at least, uh, man, maybe you should... Well, no, trends are important. If that 74 was an 87 last week, that matters. Um, But in terms of just raw numbers, it's the independents that I think are the most interesting. Sure, absolutely, 32%.
3: Anyway... Separate question, this is from Gallup. American satisfaction with their personal lives in the direction of the United States. Their latest numbers came out. They've been doing this going way back to uh, 1980. Um, so two different questions. Are you satisfied with the way things are going in your personal life? It's a flat out yes or no question. I'm not right now. <laughs> but but I'm I, I'm at a low point for my for my life, really, so This is a wrong time to ask me. Ask ask, ask me next year or last year, and I would have had a better answer. But but for most people, it stays practically flat. Looking at it, going clear back to 1980. Over 40 years, it's almost completely flat, which I think is an interesting thing just about human nature. It would seem that roughly high 70s, around 80% of people say they're satisfied with the way things are going in their personal life. Because there's been a lot of ups and downs in the country since 1980. Geo- that may be the most interesting number I'll hear all day. Right. Geopolitics, economy, all kinds of different things. It's stayed between. It looks like the lowest it's ever been is 76, and the highest it's ever been is, I guess, it did get up to 90 at one point. But it hangs around 80. I mean, hmm. it's practically a flat line for 40 years. So about 80% of the population is happy with the way their life's going, and about 20 percent's not always.
4: It would wow. seem. I wonder if now that we're into the era of everybody identify not everybody, but it's so many people identify as their politics. Who are you? I am progressive Democrat. I'm staunch, you know, conservative in a way that wasn't true 30, yeah. 40 years ago. I wonder if those numbers will start to warble based on, you know, who's in the flipping white. I ass. don't
3: know. It's been pretty flat since uh, 2015. Okay. Um, I wasn't planning to spend so much time on this line, but the more I think about it, so do you think that a roughly 80% of humans just tend to be satisfied and 20% don't, or do you think people come in and out of that? Because I would say no right now, but most of my life I would have been a yes. So do you think people, do you think 20% of the population ends up in the unhappy with their life currently category at various times, and it just kind of hangs around 20%? It's like well, the that, unemployment rate. It's not on The unemployed are not always the same people. Yeah, right. No, I see what you're driving at. That, that makes sense.
4: I, I, I can't think of another explanation.
3: Yeah, because everybody has spouse, die, you know, whatever. And if you were asked that question then, you probably wouldn't say you're overall satisfied with your personal life. I think. I don't know. As far as the other question, satisfied with the way things are going in the United States. Now, that number goes up and down a lot, going way, way, way back. So at the very beginning of uh, the Reagan administration, it actually had been the last year of the Carter administration, we were down in the teens of people feeling that things are uh, going well in the United States. We had some high numbers. By the time Reagan was out of office, it was up over 65%. It's never been higher than 70. Um, never up as high as the personal number. Which is hmm. kind of interesting, because you would think if 80% of people were happy with their lives, you'd be happy with the country that's allowing you to have this life that makes you happy. But apparently we're not. Well,
4: no, nah, I, I I wouldn't. I don't think so. I think uh, your responsibility is to manage your life in spite of politics. And but, so you adjust your sales, you find
3: ways to adapt, and you stay happyish. But the satisfied with the way things are going in the United States never gets up to the number... Never gets up to the lowest number of human beings saying their own personal life is okay. Mm-hmm. Just kind of interesting. Uh, we were at another low point of 10, and it looks like at about 2008. Oh, that would have been the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10% of people were satisfied with the way things were going in the U.S. Uh, after the big financial crash. That's that the was lowest. probably
4: the uh, people who worked for the big
3: banks that were getting bailed out. <laughs> they were just fine with it. None of which went to jail. Um, And then it's gone up and down and up and down. But right now, we're at 17, ladies and gentlemen. 17, and that's on the lower end of the chart over the last 40 years. That's the percent of people who think the country's moving in the right direction. Satisfied with the way things are going in the U.S., only 17%. That's a low number. A lot of people lose their jobs as politicians when a number is that low. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And there is a
4: absolute electoral time bomb ticking, which we can tell you about uh, next hour. Uh, I would be I'm not on the happy side. I'm on the unhappy side of that number right now. My main gripe is that uh, kids and young adults are being indoctrinated into a hateful, illogical, harmful political doctrine in schools. I think it's insidious. And And I hardly think there's a more important issue.
3: So, I'm the thumbs down, Caesar. Thumbs well, down. You and the vast majority of people. If you miss an hour of the show, grab it on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong
1: and Getty.